the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya. Big changes coming in a matter of days. We hope you'll stick around and subscribe and you'll be part of that change. Someone who's trying to be a part of change is a woman named Mary Harrington. She's from the UK. She's got a book out called Feminism Against Progress. She is fascinating. She is smart. She calls herself a nerd. I call her incredibly well-spoken and well and very, very thoughtful. Well, she tweeted out something about gender reassignment surgery. And that tweet got her canceled from a book launch party, her own book, at a venue in New York City. She's going to tell us that story and how she stood up to it. Because guess what? She's still coming to New York City and she's still having a book launch in spite of people trying to cancel her over a tweet. If I seem a little ticked off, it's because I'm, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm sick of people trying to, to cancel people over tweets, but I am heartened by the conversation you're about to hear between me and Mary Harrington. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Mary Harrington, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. And you are just... So interesting in so many ways, but one of the things I admire about people is when they refuse to be canceled. They refuse to apologize or say, okay, we, we don't need to go there. They just stand on their own two feet next to their values, which is what you have done recently. You were to have a book opening in New York. Why don't you take us through what happened there? Well, it was a compact and first things magazine. Um, very generously offered to or to arrange to to host a book launch party for me in New York City. Uh, as far as we knew, everything was arranged, everything was booked, and we were ready to go. The invitations had gone out, the venue had been publicised, uh, and then I I, I received a, a very alarming message from from the guys at Compact saying, you, "Can we speak urgently? As something has happened," and and they told us that the the venue had been pressured to to withdraw the booking. Uh, because because of I think the the the, the precipitating offence was was a tweet that I made um, and I'm normally fairly moderate in my language on Twitter I don't believe in ad hominem I try not to get into stupid arguments with people I mean nobody's <laughs> got time for that right right um, so so I don't I don't normally use fiery language if unless I feel very strongly about something but paediatric gender transition is something I feel very strongly about this is I think it's vivisection performed without control on children and it's I think it's profoundly morally wrong and, and the people who do it should ought to be ashamed of themselves and they ought to be condemned in the strongest possible language so I used a tweet 
it referred to some some doctors at a children's hospital in the United States, and I called them butchers, because in my view, what they're doing to young women, they're, they're, they're performing mastectomies on otherwise healthy teenage girls under the age of 18, at an age where you really not, are not able to consent to those kinds of far-reaching things. Um, and I mean, we have, we have a number of tra- detransitioners on the record now speaking with anger and grief about what's been done to them and what, what they were rushed into. Um, and I, I, I think it's profoundly wrong. And I think it's, I think it's a kind of butchery to, to cut healthy body parts off, off young women who are essentially suffering from a mental illness. Um, the treating, treating mental illness in young women with surgery has a long and infamous history in the 19th century. There were quack doctors who performed hysterectomies on young women because for, if, as a treatment for quote unquote hysteria. Um, this is this is well known and it's often it's been extensively commented on in feminist history. And what I find extraordinary is that a great many of the feminists who condemn the, 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 this, pra- this barbarous practice of performing hysterectomies on, on adolescent women in the 19th century will then turn round and in pretty much in the same breath um, say, say that we must protect trans kids by allowing 15 year old girls to get their breasts chopped off for what is essentially the same kind of psychiatric distress. Mm. Um, and so I spoke out very in 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 clear what I think of as clear and angry language about something which I think is deeply wrong only to find that I was that that social media pressure had been applied to the venue to withdraw the booking so apparently in New York City you may not say that that cutting body parts off children is wrong in, right. for this for, because of a, an identity issue and and we were then compelled to go and find another venue I was surprised well I was I was dismayed I suppose you could say but not entirely surprised yeah. my views on gender ideology are in the public domain and I'm not ashamed of them yeah but it, nor was I going to say I'm not going to apologize for saying right. for saying what's true humans still can't change sex and I'm still coming to New York City I, amen to that yes your your quote reads as follows your tweet every single one of these butchers is female never forget that this isn't just about patriarchy it's also a war within feminism uh because and you were retweeting a photo of these women who were helping with quote unquote, gender affirming surgeries. It is amazing. And it does seem, Mary, to me that this is, this is almost a fad here that we're seeing of this, this transitioning at a very young age. And I try to picture myself and I, I have a daughter who's 14. So it doesn't take much for me to picture the fact that your brain isn't fully formed. You're not a good decision maker, which is why you're not allowed to do so many things before the age of 18 or 21 or drive before you're 16 because you're not there. You're not, you're not developed. You're still a puppy as it were running around and chasing your tail. And so to have this moment of, you know, I really think I'm a male. Let's go see a doctor and then have all this attention poured onto you by the medical community, by your parents, by your, your surrounding, your, your family, your, your friends, whomever, or maybe you didn't have friends. And this is somehow this new sense of attention. Yeah, let's go do the surgery. And it, it becomes almost, you used the word hysteria before. It almost does become this hysterical reaction and very quickly turns into surgery. Um, I, I don't understand why this is becoming normalized. What, what do you think is behind this recent surge in, in these, in these surgeries? Well, I think there are a lot of different factors we can look at, but that, well, let's, let's take a few in, in no particular order. For one, for one, we can follow the money. Um, there are, there are a great many entrepreneurial 
biotechnology, biotechnology and, and uh, there's, there's a lot of people making a lot of money out of it. If you can persuade some young individual that they they will only be fully self-actualized as a simulacrum, sterile simulacrum of the opposite sex, then they will then be in hock to you for your for their synthetic hormones for the rest of their natural lives. And just, you know, never mind the side effects, never mind the fact that they may develop osteoporosis, they may develop brain, brain, they may, they may be cognitively inhibited, they, they will almost certainly be permanently sterilized. Um, never mind any of that. What you do have is a permanent lifelong patient, a customer, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, there are the number of gender clinics that have sprung up across the, the United States in just the last 20 years is stunning. Um, and it's difficult not to see that there are a great many people who are just seeing a new a new business opportunity. I mean, the the growth year on year in 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 how much this industry is worth is extraordinary. Yep. So so thing number one, follow the money. Mm-hmm. Thing number two, um, I think we we need to point our fingers a little bit somewhat at the internet if we're going to look at what's driving demand. Um, now. Adolescent mental distress is not new, right? Yeah. I mean, there were there are teen, there are teenagers in the Middle Ages who were starving themselves and just put, telling a different story about what was going on. Right. I was not a happy teenager. Um, I was not I, either, I, Mary. I, I was not either. Right. You know, the, many such cases. You know, there, there lots of us have been there. You know, going from being a child to being a woman is not easy, especially in a world where there are very few guardrails on um, or, or guidelines, and there's very there, there's very little protection for you against a great many predatory or, or negative influences that can be out there and that can harm you before you really know that, that that there is such a thing as the kind of harm that you've now irreversibly suffered. I mean, there are there are lots of things about going from a child to being a woman which have always been difficult, and I think some have become more difficult because not, well, for one thing, the the, pre- the, pre- the absolutely saturated, the porn-saturated condition um, of the modern world, thanks to thanks to the internet. I mean, I think I believe it's now somewhere between nine and eleven. It's children's first exposure to pornography, yeah. and if all your male peers have been have been marinated in really sometimes incredibly extreme and degrading pornography. I mean, this is you know, I used to find I used to find the the lingerie magazines in the hedge when I was when I was a teenager in the nineteen nineties, <laughs> and that's not what it's like anymore. It no. really isn't. You know, we we really aren't in Kansas anymore, and no. um, and. You know, children are re- re- literally children are being exposed to staggeringly depraved um, visual materials, and I mean that that's going to mess with you, right? Yeah. And if you're if you're a young woman and you you internalise the idea that to be a woman is to be objectified and abused and degraded and and sometimes literally tortured in this yeah. way, I don't yeah. really blame some of them for wanting to opt out. I mean, if I if I were fifteen now, I'd probably want to opt out. It seems like a completely rational response to a pretty intolerable situation. So there's that, but but so so there are some particular some particular pressures I think on young women. Um, but but worse worse still is the experience of sociality which comes with the internet itself in general. Even if you're not marinating in porn, because I'm, I dare say there are kids who who manage somehow to have, to have escape that particular minefield. But even so, if you if you've been if you've grown used to the idea that you can socialize in a way which is completely separate from your body say you're interacting with your friends remotely while you're all playing computer games together or you're or you're socializing in minecraft or you're texting each other after school and a huge amount of your social life happens not in the physical world you're just going to get used to the idea that your body and yourself are two two separate things yeah. and you're also going to get used to the idea that you can reskin your avatar whenever you want to and yeah. that in a sense you're in control of your and and so why why would you not then apply that to your meat avatar 
And oh I think there's a lot, of, a lot of these kids just straightforwardly see this as a matter of justice because that's just how they experience what it is to be a person because that's what's been normalized for them through growing up with, through growing up online. So, so that's so that's thing number two. Th thing number one, follow the money. Thing number two, have a look at the internet and look at what the internet does. And thing number three, I think the reason this is being rolled out institutionally is because it's in the interests of professional women. And this is a very difficult subject to get into. But okay. You, it what impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hold on one second, Mary. Let me stop you right there. This is a difficult subject to get into, and it's a great tease. It very much is. <laughs> Quick break, and Mary will explain right after this. Hey, if you are looking for the best way to celebrate your favorite mom this Mother's Day, um, and kids, if you're listening, this is something I would like too. Genucel Skincare has you covered. It's formulated with skin nourishing antioxidants, powerful peptides in a proprietary base that's manufactured right here in the United States. And trust me, every mom, yours truly included, loves a few moments of relaxation and to take the time to care for herself. And that's where Genucel Skincare comes in. Now you can look good and feel good. All right, this is Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. It's formulated by a pharmacist with quality ingredients. Their products are sure to noticeably smooth fine lines and wrinkles and then prevent new ones from coming. One of my favorites is the deep firming serum with stem cell technology. I apply it after I've cleansed my skin and immediately I feel like my skin is just fresher. It woke up. It's, 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 dare I say more youthful. And right now you can save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package featuring Genucel's ultra retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative Safe on pregnancies and safe for breastfeeding, by the way. You'll also receive Genucel's Dark Spot Corrector to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from long summer days outdoors. Plus, you still get Genucel's classic under-eye bags therapy for those annoying under-eye bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, see results in as little as 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. What do you have to lose? So don't wait. Celebrate your favorite mom or as our guest says, your favorite mum, by going to genucel.com slash Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to save over 70% off their most popular package. Plus, every package includes a luxury gift box with three free springtime essentials. That's three free gifts plus free concierge shipping for a limited time. Go to genucel.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle. That's genucel dot com slash Michelle with one L and happy Mother's Day or happy Mum's Day. 
All right, Mary. Uh, first of all, I want to say how lovely it is to hear someone with your accent say we're not in Kansas anymore. Um, that was great. That was a great moment. <laughs> all right. So we're on to thing number three behind this. Thing this, number three. Uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the, the the first two things I listed when we, we when we were reflecting on what could be driving this the epidemic of gender ideology. Thing number one: follow the money. Thing number two: look at the internet. Thing number three: professional women. Um, and by and I, I should to be clear, um, I count myself as a laptop class woman. I mean, I, here I am I, talking to you on my laptop. I write for a living. Um, I, I could theoretically do my job from anywhere. I'm, I'm university educated. I'm very much a member of the knowledge class. So, and every all the things which I all the, the the advances in equality in the sense of your sex just really not not mattering at all um, are very much things that I've benefited from. But and there's a big but. Um, liberal feminism of the kind that I'm describing, liberal feminism of the kind which is generally adopted by professional women, um, believe, uh, believes, and this is well, this is really what I believed until I had a, until I became a mother, that the the way forward for all of us and, and the good in particular for women um, is can be attained if we could own if we can only get rid of all the ways that our sex makes us different. If only we can escape all of the limitations that our bodies put on us. And this is that this is just there as a very basic assumption. I saw actually a perfect example of this uh, from from a perfect avatar of this it was on Twitter today. This is a British camp- a British feminist liberal feminist campaigner called Charlotte Proudman, um, who first became famous for publicly slapping down a, a male lawyer who commented on her appearance on LinkedIn. That was her first encounter with with fame about ten years ago. Since then, she, I mean, she's a very she's a high profile advocate for feminist causes she's a she's a, a, a vocal liberal feminist and she tweeted today a photograph of the british um british baby goods store mother care um this is a it's a chain store that sells you know little booties and, and buggies and you know you know the sort yeah. of stuff like yeah. stuff for little babies it's called mother care and she she tweeted the, a picture of the of the storefront and with the with the caption why shouldn't we put we should rename it parent care and i'm like Okay, so this is a perfect example of where the where actually the push to erase women is coming from, because the, because women such as Proudman, who are lawyers, who are professionals, um, genuinely believe that we will that they that women of their kind will only be able to flourish when there are no distinctions whatsoever between oh, the sexes, God. when there are no when when no no le- when, when there's no legal or social recognition of sex difference whatsoever and from the point of view of somebody who's a lawyer that's probably kind of true because if you live in that sort of elite world you probably don't often encounter situations where your sex where where the physical differences between you and a man really do make a difference i mean you know there's no reason why why a woman shouldn't be as as good a lawyer as a man right you know you can be we're, we're all just as smart um but um She's she's and she's probably not thinking about those areas of life and work where actually our bodies really do matter because that's just not the world that she lives in. So she's not thinking about the people who collect the trash, or she's not thinking about the people who do arduous physical work for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she's not she's not thinking about yeah the, the guys the guys who come round with the bins. You know, nobody is nobody's campaigning for women to be better represented in in waste collection, and everybody knows why. <laughs> Uh, because it's because it's low status and it's hard work right so, and 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 yet it's women like it's women like charlotte proudman who have the mic and it's women like charlotte proudman who are supporting 
the belief that everybody can identify into whatever gender they want because they believe what gender you are shouldn't have any, what sex you are shouldn't have any bearing on how you present or how anybody meets you or how anybody responds to you because fundamentally it's in her class interests as a as a professional woman to to abolish sex and to abolish the the legal and economic and political standing of sex because at the end of the day it, it suits her interests as a as a high flying professional to do so and these and and if you look at you know, not throughout the end of, throughout the sectors of society where gender ideology is being rolled out and which, and, and which are being used to enforce gender ideology whether it's academia whether it's teaching whether it's ngos or whether it's the law or whether it's all of pretty much every single one of these professions is dominated by women and these are knowledge class women you know, who are the, they're the Charlotte Proudmans of this world. And they're and they're and they're rolling out an ideology which suits them. And they don't care about the great many people for whom it's a net negative, who, who which is essentially every man and woman who still has to live in the in the material world, in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. So this, yeah. Is, a, it, this is an elite capture yeah. of uh, this is an elite capture of the, of the word feminism in in the name of a policy which is which is directly counter to the interests of most women and frankly most people of both sexes i i would say yeah most people mary harrington our guest when we come back i want to talk about when you became a mother uh, because that seemed to really change a lot of your views on things or maybe it was just getting pregnant but we'll talk about this and and about <laughs> This this taking away the differences between men and women in an extreme sense of how some young women today would prefer to give birth. That's right after this. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. From Affirm Films comes Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. Based on a true story of one of the greatest comebacks of all time and the transformational power of second chances, Big George Foreman, starring Chris Davis and Academy Award winner Forrest Whitaker, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13, only in theaters beginning April 28th. For tickets and showtimes, go to BigGeorgeForeman.movie. So, Mary, I heard about this technology, this medical advancement, quote unquote, where we can grow an embryo in a sack outside of a woman's woman's body. Like they're doing it with sheep or something or, you know, and so to see that, can we grow an embryo into a living being outside of the mammal that is usually carries it? And, and, and some young women were asked about what they thought about this and they thought, well, that'd be great because then finally men and women would, would be equal, you know, that because I, I wouldn't have to carry the child. The man doesn't have to carry the child. So this would be great. This would really even the playing field. And I, and I'm a woman who had a really hard time getting and staying pregnant, lost many children. Um, and finally, thank God was able to have my son and then adopted our daughter. Um, you talk about your pregnancy as being monumental in your life. And to me, this notion that 
someone would rather have the baby grow, you know, in a lab somewhere to to fruition and then be birthed out of a plastic bag is 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 a good idea and and would level the playing field and make life easier and better for women and I'll tell you what I wish I could get pregnant again to go through what an amazing experience that was when you got pregnant and you had your your child how did the, all of that sort of affect your worldview, if you will, on feminism. As I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I, I very much believed at, at one point in my life that that to, to pursue the good as a woman meant to to be in no way constrained by my physical being, um, including those, those my femaleness, and that that was what I believed that that feminism was was the the, the political push for a world where our sex just didn't matter. And that we, we we could use technology or culture or politics or campaigning to to get rid of it, and and that I and that and that being free in that way from any constraints was 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 a good thing by definition. When I when I got pregnant, it I realised it wasn't actually that simple, and that well for one for one thing I really wanted the baby, um, and because I wanted her and I loved her from the moment I knew she was coming, um, the the experience. It, it, I mean, you you know what you know what it's like to be to be pregnant. You're you're not you're not one person anymore. Mm -hmm. You're you're think you're you're never just you're not you're no longer just thinking about yourself. You're no longer free, right. um, but but it's not bad. <laughs> and I think this is what's just impossible to explain. It's like going through a looking. You go through the looking glass. Um, you know, even if you've drunk the Kool Aid and you completely believe beforehand that that the only that 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 to be to be encumbered and to be limited and to be constrained in that way was was bad and, and could only possibly be oppressive. I realized it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, all of a sudden I'm making I'm making choices about what I eat, not just based on my interests, but on, on both of our interests. Um, you know, and it's affected how I how easily I can move around. It, it, you know, it, it affects so much. Um, but 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 you want it. You know, it's, it's welcome. Um, and and you, the, the only thing, the only the, the worst thing in the world you could imagine would be to have that that sense of of being occupied taken away before 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 it's before it's ready um and i think this is i mean this is just incredibly difficult to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it and it, it and it's incredibly difficult to explain to a woman who's been convinced that there's something invasive and horrifying and it, destructive to their to their independence about it that the, there could be anything desirable in that state so in a sense i don't I'm not surprised to hear that coming from young women, because there's probably a time in my life and in there's probably a, a time when I would have echoed that sentiment and said, yeah, mm -hmm. I, that seems that seems like a great idea. That means that we could just, I don't know, pre press a button and, and a baby comes yeah. out of the chute and job done yeah. everything. And it's fair. But I mean, I when I was researching the book, um, I, I, I read a, a wonderful book, which I recommend to everybody. It's called Mum Genes, Mum, um, G-E-N-E-S by oh. Abigail Tucker. And she writes this wonderful book about the science of mums. She's a she's a science writer, and she just goes into um, the, 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 all everything that we know about mums. And and one thing that she she writes very beautifully about is the way being pregnant doesn't just create a baby; it also creates a mum. Uh -huh. um, and this is this is really what the the growing a baby in a bag people don't understand. It's also what the surrogacy people don't understand. That it, in a very I mean in a in an emotional way, the the journey that you go on with the the baby that you're carrying is 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 part of it you, you you already have an intimate relationship with this with this little person long before they're born 
um, mm. even if even if that mostly just cause, you know, consists of them giving you heartburn and keeping you awake <laughs> by doing somersaults when you're trying to go to sleep. But it's there. I mean, you you kind in a weird way you kind of know who they are already, and then they come out yeah. and you're like, oh, there you are. Yeah, I know you. Um, and it's yeah, and that that too is difficult. To, but it, at a biological level as well, um, to be pregnant creates a mum. It, it it, it, it rewires your brain, it it it, it, tink, it messes, it, it transforms your entire endocrine hormone system. You grow a whole a whole other internal organ, which isn't just composed of your cells, but also also your your partners. I mean, it's the, what goes on there is incredible. Um, and and you come out the other side of um, after after your first child, and in my case, my only child. You're you you are you're never the same again. They've they've studied this extensively. Women who have had babies are just their brains are wired differently. You know, you respond differently to babies from there on in. There's a whole a whole host of things that you just don't don't see the same way at all anymore. I mean, I, there there are certain kinds of movies that I can't watch anymore since I became a mum, and I have no idea why, but it's just it's just a thing. And and this sort of thing happens a lot. And and when when we talk about when people fantasize, and I do think honestly, I do think it's a fantasy that wherever that anybody's ever actually going to grow human babies in in exo wombs, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, people have experimented a bit with, uh, I think, of a, a, some a, a partially developed um, fetus, a, a sheep fetus, was gestated to to term in a bag. I mean, it's the the ethics of actually being able to experiment on that with human fetuses are so monstrous that uh, I, I certainly I, I struggle to imagine that happening in the West as things stand. I mean, let, let's hope it never happens in the future either. But I, I think there will be an outcry if people if people set about trying. If, but where, where I think we need to we need to push back hard against this is because in effect um, exo wombs already exist it's just that we don't they're not machines they're 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 other women's rented uteruses and where we, where we need to challenge the idea of, of just do, doing your gestating somewhere else so that it's so that you can be equal with your partner um, is in is in commercial surrogacy or really in any surrogacy at all because the same thing happens there you know you're the 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 journey of pregnancy doesn't just create a baby it creates a mother and if you're if you're essentially commissioning a baby like a designer handbag then that that biological process is absent and sure i mean i i have a huge admiration for people who adopt and because there are a great many children who are in need of love and care and who are in need of homes and the devoted care of a parent because for whatever reason their circumstances have not made it possible for them to be raised by their own mother mother or father but this is not something we should set out intentionally to do to sever a child from from the 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 the, the bond that would normally already be in existence having right. developed through the process of pregnancy i think right. intentionally gestating a child with the with the aim of severing that bond is profoundly wicked what impacts you every day there is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. 
I, you've made my day with that quote, which I had never heard before. You're not just creating a baby, you're creating a mom. It's, um, I, I, it was, I never really have heard it put that way before. And it's just right. Hits the nail right on the head. I just, it's, it's amazing. It, I got goosebumps when you said it. Um, we're in strange times and ethics seem to be waning in many, many corners of the world. And, um, the fact that we can say, follow the money when it comes to gender transitioning is, I shouldn't, nothing should shock me anymore. Uh, but I, 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 it's, it leaves me speechless that we could be talking about this as an industry and having customers who rely on doctors to make them, to, to try to fix mental health issues with drugs and surgery like this. It's, um, I have a feeling we're going to look back on 2020 and up to maybe 2030 as a really awful time in the world that we made so many mistakes that were, we were told were based on science that really aren't. Um, and ignoring other science, facts of science, facts of biology, facts of life that we should be paying, paying very close attention to. And it's, I, I wonder before I let you go, Mary, are you and I, on the side of most people, are we looking at this as the majority looking at this minority movement in the world? Or are we in the minority, Mary? Are we the ones that are considered the radicals for thinking that um, this gender transition surgery before you're 18 is, is cruel? I think the majority of people still live in the real material world. I think most people in on, on the planet still know that biology exists. Um, this is this is I I I don't think the majority of people believe uh, agree that humans can literally change sex. Most people just know that that's obviously nonsense. Um, but who who gets to set the policy and who has the yeah. mic is a different question yeah. from who yes. who is who is most numerous. And you can have a you can have a silent majority whose views are just discounted because for whatever reason they lack the voice, they lack the leadership, they lack um, they lack the institutional presence and power, or they lack the courage um, to make their to make their views firm. And they lack and, the courage. And I think there are. And yeah, Go and, ahead. and the, the the truth is that most people just want to be left alone. Most people want yeah. to be want to just get on with normal <laughs> lives. Most people are not nerds like me who think who think about history and philosophy and 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 try and try and get a sense of the bigger picture. Most people most people would would prefer to get on with normal lives. Yeah. Um, and I think if there's and and it takes it takes a long time for people to collectively come to decide that something's just deeply wrong and if there's if there's something missing um it's the it's the institutional middle layer i mean i think there's where i have hope it's in the the slow development of institutional campaigns um that are pushing back for for a real for a a more realist understanding of our bodies and of our our place in the world um that's that's it's perhaps i mean the gender critical campaign has been it's for, for some reason very much more developed in Britain than it is in the United States, but I see it happening in the United States now as well. You know, yeah. institutions are forming which are campaigning, 
campaigning that they, they, they've joined the right battlefield because i mean you know you can argue back and forth in the media and nothing ever really changes because right. the media just likes controversy um yes. and, it's, and, and if you if you're only ever fighting in the media then nothing's ever going no, nobody's ever, it's never going to move the needle politically because that's just not where that's not where the battle is but but where, where the battle is is in the ngos and 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 if i think if we if, if there's anything that we need more of it's people who are who are articulate who are, who are pushing for common sense policies on the field of NGO. Yes. And I'm starting to see that happening. And I'm encouraged about the fact that this is actually, this, this is taking shape now, but I, 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 I hope it, I hope that can gather some momentum. I, I hope so too. Well, I, I'm heartened after this conversation. I, and I, I'm right w- with you there in the, the nerd world and, and I am with you in the common sense world. And so uh, it's nice to talk to like-minded voices who I think are sane um, and you are one of them, and I hope we can have you back. Thank you. And Thank all you. the best with yeah, your book. Yeah, I guess I should. In, in the Go US, ahead. I would I would give a shout out to Mums for Liberty and the School Choice yes. Campaign, who I think yes. are a great example of that kind of campaigning on the field of NGOs who are taking the fight. They're taking the fight to the boards. They're taking the fight to the regulations, and they are they're, they're moving the needle institutionally. So as a huge shout out to the Mums for Liberty. Um, who are who? Who figured out where where the war needs to be fought? So more of that, please. I think. <laughs> uh, absolutely, uh, I'm sure they're going to love that shout out. It's always good to get a shout out in a beautiful accent. I'm sorry, I know you don't hear it, but we all love it. Mary, thank you so much. We are not thank in Kansas so anymore, but we are so glad to have Mary Harrington as a guest. <laughs> I loved that. I thank absolutely you for having me. Applauded. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, as always, be brave and do good. And thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.